Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers. We are here today in the Red Bank studio. We are so, so happy to have our new friend Kathleen here with us live. And we have a friend joining us via Zoom from New York City, Shayna. We're going to have everybody introduce themselves in a minute, but we are back today for an episode of What's Your Story? And what we're really thrilled about today is The fact that we're interviewing people who have decided to make a career or the universe has decided for them or they decided for themselves to make a career out of art, which we find to be super inspiring. As Marissa and I always say, you know, there is a job out there for everyone. There's a lid for every pot. There's a path for every person. And we are just so excited to have both Shane and Kathleen here today to talk about how they made this their career path. Um, we were supposed to have another guest with us this morning, um, Kathleen Palmieri. She had to cancel last minute, but we are going to highlight her again also today and a couple other artists that are in our orbit that we wanted to touch on. Marissa, do you have anything you wanted to add to that before we get started? So I just wanted to say good morning. And I think that, um, you know, through the years of helping people find what it is that they want to do, right? There's a difference between doing a job and a soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. And there aren't that many people that that get to honor their soul's purpose out of the gates, so to speak. And I think that we are now living, and I've been working for a while, Kathleen. Um, (laughs) We're now living in a time where we've all been working a while. It's okay. Maybe not Shana, but Um, Shana's not been working for a while because I remember when we were interviewing her for internships. It's fine. That was like a long time ago for her, but it was Tuesday for me. Um, So, anyways, what what I was going to say is, is we're living at a time now where we're blessed to come up in a world where you're actually more focused mm-hmm. on trying to honor your soul's purpose. And I, I won't take credit for that, but I do think that Jamie and I and the energy we put out into the world and people like us and the energy that they put out into the world have helped to shepherd other humans to think, hey, listen, I don't want to feel like I'm working. I want to feel like I'm honoring my truth. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we spend all these times, all these podcasts, 80 something podcasts, unpacking stories about how people find the dream job in a job. If it's not the dream job, we wanted to take a moment because we happen to be surrounded by incredibly talented, successful artists in our community. Yeah. Like, 
Like, actually. In fact, today, this episode is made possible by our friends at Salon 685, who are artists themselves, if you think about it. They're hair artists. And Ming and his team here at Shared Universe. Notice how I called out that I didn't think my hair looked blonde enough. Sorry, Regina. That was only, that was before we were alive. Yeah. Um, But now she knows. Um, And the guys here at uh, Shared Universe, they're artists. They're sound and... um, podcast artists. It's an, it's another medium that, you know, we have all found to express ourselves creatively. So we are thrilled to have you guys. would love to have you introduce yourselves to our audience. And then we can just ask you a few questions. We're going to start with Shana today only because she has to roll because she may or may not have a busy week ahead, which she's going to tell us about. So Shana, go ahead and introduce yourselves to the audience. And by the way, shameless plug, Shana has been an OG fan of the Dreamcatcher since she graduated, before she graduated college, she was introduced to us through her friend Emma that she reminded me was Emma Gill, who I met through the Michigan connections that we have. Emma Gill, so, like Emma Gill babysat? Yes. Yeah. Emma Gill. So Emma Gill, shout out to Emma, was uh, I met through the Michigan alumni uh, recruiting that I do, Go Blue. I always say Michigan on these podcasts. Ming's not here today, but he always says Go Blue back because he went to Michigan too. Um, and she introduced us to Shayna, who was at that time struggling to figure out what she wanted to do. And here she is with an incredible story today. So go ahead, Shayna, introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, I was an OG dream catcher. And like you guys were such a tremendous support system, you know, before graduation, after graduation. And, you know, I was a lucky 2020 COVID graduate. So worked my entire life to try and get a job for graduation. And then the world fell apart. You know, it happened to everybody. So during that time, you guys were just incredible for keeping us on track. Like it'll happen. It'll happen. You'll get a job. And I, you know, during that time was kind of lost like everyone else trying to apply to a million different jobs. And it's difficult when you don't have a connection to, you know, get a job in New York city. That was my dream. So I ended up working, um, my family, my dad is the founder of detour gallery in red bank and right behind time, us where we're sitting yes. right through that wall across the street at the time, the longtime director, Runa Eganis was moving back to Norway because, you know, he wanted to be with his family. So I sort of jumped into this role of helping to, you know, support him and um, just organize the art, learn from him. And I did that for about nine months. And it truly saved me during COVID because I was, I'm like a very optimistic person. I, 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 but like everyone else, I was just so down and being surrounded and immersed in the art was an absolute lifesaver for me, just cataloging the art, taking pictures of it, making it organized and, you know, being able to talk to people, learn from Runa. Anyway, nine months later, I then got a job working at time in sales, um, in media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I really wanted to move to New York City. You were so proud. Yeah. You were so happy. Yeah. yeah. And long story short, I did it for the last two years and I absolutely loved it. My dream has truly been to move to New York City and, you know, things started to kind of change there. My manager left and a few people left and, and I just kind of felt like it was time for a change. So I talked to my dad and, and I said, I, I kept saying, you know, I, I miss the gallery, I miss the gallery. And he said, well, what made you leave? And it was my, my wish to move to New York city and, and kind of get my head handed to me in a corporate role. And, you know, he said, well, what if we opened up one in New York city? So I thought about it 
I thought about it for a few weeks. I didn't even tell my mom. I didn't talk to anyone about it because I knew this was a decision that had to come from my heart. And I knew that I had to go through the pros and cons alone before I talked to anyone else to make sure I wasn't influenced because it's a big thing. And he, he said, you know, I'm offering you this opportunity because it is a big financial undertaking, but if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be you. Like, it's going to be you. I know you can do it. I wouldn't offer this to you if you couldn't do it. And I thought about it and I am really like, let's do it. So here we are, we're having the opening on Thursday and I am so excited. Um, you know, my stomach is in knots, but it's a good kind of nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. Shana. That's very exciting. That is amazing. And I have to just say while we're live, I said this before we came on air, but um, shout out to the Rumson Fairhaven Journal, which is the local magazine that comes to the house for free. And mm-hmm. Chris and I always say we love big so geeks much. And read Huge all of them. geeks. And I read yeah. them all while I'm like eating dinner, or, like just flipping around. And I'm reading and I, I just so happened to last night, which obviously everyone that's a dream catcher listener knows big believer in the universe and timing and energy. And I just so happened to start reading this article last night, knowing that we were having an art, you know, uh, podcast today. And I see Shana and I react because it's Shana and she's a dream catcher and detour, not even realizing that they're opening their New York city literally three days from now. I learned that by the way, shameless, uh, in the parking garage just now, uh, as I was walking up, I, I was walking <laughs> on detours, um, Instagram because, you know, doing my homework as I always tell people to do before an interview. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're opening like the 27th of April. I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's tomorrow. Like that's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was like, it's not tomorrow, Shana. You have to um, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm just so grateful for Shana to come today and, and share her story, especially given the week she has ahead of her um, and how incredibly proud we are, are to share her story and feel like we had anything, even a small, small well, to do with it. I also think, listen, something that there needs to be said, right? So, so we, as a community are not always born into opportunity. And sometimes when we're born into opportunity, we don't necessarily want it. We want the same even playing field as everyone else, which is hard to understand unless you're in that position. Mm -hmm. Jamie and I worked on our own for many years before coming into the family business and working in the family business, which is a podcast that probably is worth 10 episodes deep for and maybe that, alcohol. Yeah. Um, um, to talk about working in a family business <laughs> and marking your place and earning your keep and seeing the innards, so to speak, um, is its own anomaly that unless you've worked in a family business, you can't really relate. That could be a good episode working for the family. Yeah, well, Shana would listen. Yeah. Um, so I think. You know, you coming to this and and weighing it and deciding that oh, you want to do it, siren. and then <laughs> having I love it, I love it, I miss it. Uh, like me home. too. Yeah, it does, it does sound, sound like, like home. Sound like home. And having your having your dad roll the dice in your honor, and then also not for nothing. I mean, I have been because I love art, and because when I moved here, I tripped over Holly Suzanne Rader, who at that time I know, um, I I I. DM'd her this week or, or last week when we, we decided to we can, if we could get her on join. last minute. Yeah. But we'll send love. We've worked with her through the years in the past. She's up north now. But she was the installation uh, at the time when I moved down here. She was also teaching classes, which my daughter took and my mother took. And I have a piece of hers that she did custom for me in my home. Um, I'll, I'm 
amongst the one that my daughter did at probably nine years old that's hanging in my living room. That looks like it's yeah. done by an adult. And I had She's gone incredible. to detour and was really moved by it and learned a little bit. I don't remember off the top of my head, but like this wasn't your your dad's first job. Meaning like he had a whole other life before pursuing this life. So for him to be able to turn to you and say, hey, listen, if anyone's going to do this, it's going to be you. He's coming at it from a very worldly place because he did a whole other thing before doing art. So I'm very excited for you. So tell us, um, now, obviously, when we start these podcasts out, we don't normally do them in segments like this, but we're doing that for your time schedule. What did, what did you want to be originally when you were growing up, which was like four minutes ago, but like also let's just give it some context. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you mentioned, my dad, he was an automobile dealer for 50 years, but he's also been collecting art for 50 years. And Detour in New Jersey has almost been more, one of the artists put it like, it was almost like a museum space. It was like, it was never really the, the one thing that he was not a lunatic about being a business. Now, of course, this is going to be a business here because this is going to be my livelihood. And I want to show these artists that deserve a world stage. They deserve it. So this, that's a whole reason why we're bringing them to New York city. Um, but you know, he has lived a million lives and he, neither of my parents went to college. They made their own way. Um, but he was an automobile dealer. I loved cars growing up. I was like a little girl who was obsessed with cars. So, you know, um, and, and also with that, he wanted me to always have a business. So as a side note, like this was kind of a happy medium because he always wanted, always that like push, you know, any parent. Yeah. 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 Real lemonade stand. Yeah, You guys know, you guys know, and you understand, Mm -hmm. like there was always that little, like in the back of those little comments that they want us to have do our own thing, be like them. Um, mm-hmm. This is like my happy medium of doing it in my own way. So I think probably do something with cars. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I went to school for marketing, but I, yeah, I think I like, I love the car business, but he sold it seven years ago. So then I kind of switched and decided to go um, corporate. I, I, he also owned several restaurants. So I toured with that. My mom was in the restaurant business. I toured with that my first year at Delaware. I was in the hospitality school. So I kind of went through a few different stages, but definitely was always very keen on being an entrepreneur. Just didn't know which, whether it's going to be an automobile dealer or a restaurant. Like When you're raised by people that have that kind of work ethic, Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for it not to seep in through your pores. Right. And I think what you're touching on, Shana, too, is important to share that it's okay to feel like when you're young, we say this to people all the time. It's like you look up, you look to your left and you look to your right. That's what you try to figure out what you want to do. You're like, or figure out what you don't want to do. Exactly. Or figure out what you don't want to do. Right. So mm-hmm. people growing up think about who they know and love and what they do and whether or not it's something they'd want to do. And either you're completely against it or it's something you're interested in or both. But, you know, and I don't blame you for after college kind of tripping into corporate media sales because that's really a good use of your skill set. If you're going to do an inside, you know, a little bit of a journaling, which we do with our candidates all the time, like, what are your strengths? Obviously, we can tell Shana can speak. She can talk publicly. She can sell a product. She was raised by salespeople, hospitality people. Um, that doesn't mean you have to work in media sales. And obviously, you learn that, that that's something that maybe you wanted to try out, but it wasn't necessarily something you innately want to do forever. Um, but all of these experiences obviously have brought you to where you are now. So give us a quick overview. We'll just skip ahead um, into 
the the opening this Thursday. Anything you'd like to you know plug or 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 say about the gallery? Um, when am I coming? Yeah, we'll have to come. Exactly. Yeah, seriously. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. What kind of artists are you featuring to start? Well, you'll have to come also. You just mentioned Holly and I absolutely adore Holly's work. She is like an OG detour. Um, she is actually having her solo show and it's going to be this like interactive, crazy, amazing show on November 18th. So you guys have to come oh, for that. Right. Save yeah. the date. Save the date, November 18th. All right. We'll have to come for that. The date. Yeah. So um, Jamie's yeah, actually writing it down. I am. By the way. Yes. Yes. I will play that. She is, we love her. her. It's just, it just makes you so happy. I have a, I stole a piece um, from my dad and literally hijacked it and put it in the detour van one day and and hung it above my bed. And now it is, makes me so happy every day. I love that. And you know, I saw Holly was a featured artist last year at See Here Now, and I was Mm -hmm. able to see a bunch of her work. Um, And actually speaking of See Here Now, um, Another one of our friends that wanted to be here today that couldn't make it because she, her work is being literally transported as we speak to Nantucket is our friend Renee Levin, who just went back to work as an artist. Her stuff, if you have not seen it, is absolutely incredible. It's the most realistic shells, ropes, nautical. Have you seen her work? It's un- it's incredible. Um and didn't one of the, another person that you like are talking to and you've I've literally have known her now for a few years. She was your cabana mate. Like a cabana mate or friends. I literally had no idea she was as talented. I'm like, why are you not shouting about this? And she's like, well, I haven't really been doing it. And she's modest, very modest. And we tried to get her on this morning, but she's literally waiting for the trucks taking her work. She's she, now going to be the artist in residence at, at the White, White Elephant, Elephant, in, Elephant in Nantucket. In Nantucket. Wow. Um, so definitely check out her work too, by the way. Yeah, and what I love, and so art, as we know, is so personal, right? And so it, what's interesting about this conversation, and I want you to come back to some of the artists you're going to be featuring and what, what the big events will be for this week before you go, but it almost really takes two to tango in art. Yeah. Almost, right? You have to have the artist and then you have to have the person that knows how to get that art to the world. Mm. Because artists tend to be, although expressive in their work, not very expressive. Actually, Kathleen and I talked about, and we'll talk about, unpack this a little bit when Shane is, you know, has to go. They, they tend to be more reserved. There's a yeah, lot of artists, she said yeah. that she could, that she just knowing us at this point up until today and now knowing us, how many artists could use that kind of help getting their light right, to the world? Right, because they it's can very hard. they can see the world in ways that many many people can't, but they're limited in the places where they would need to sing up mm. or dial up. Right, so you need people like your dad and you to discover, empower, encourage, create a pipeline so that these people can monetize their talent which is very difficult to do. Yeah, and art we'll, schools don't teach business. No, so art schools art are schools for art. So what and I was should. thinking yeah. is so incredibly phenomenal about this roster of women, right? So it just so happens to be women, but the roster of women in my brain, in my home, or eventually in my home. So I have a piece of Holly's. I also have a piece of this woman, Jill Ricci, who is incredibly talented and runs this, uh, 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 oh, coffee. A gallery. Thank you. Uh, A gallery, Marissa. A gallery in Asbury. Um, And what is the name of her gallery? Parlor. Parlor. Thank you, Kathleen. What would I do without you? Um, And then also. Just ask Kathleen. And then also we had Kathleen 
Palmieri, who was supposed to be on here, who also is all their perspectives are so different. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you go to a museum, right, and we all learn about different museums in school and whatnot. And there's some museums I'll walk in. I'm like, Mm -hmm. literally, like, why am I here? Where's the coffee? When can I leave? (laughs) And then on the other hand, there's some art that really speaks to you. Yeah. And these women, all different. So you are more fine. Renee, I would actually just, she's like, she's, she's, is it considered fine art if she's doing, um, not doing people? Yeah. Yeah. Because her stuff is, right. Hers is, is objects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Postal and still life. And then Kathleen and Holly and Jill are. um, Contemporary. Like, I don't, I don't want to say it's contemporary. What, What do you call, what's Holly called? Shana. It's like pop art. It's like um not even pop art. It's it's she has different textures. It's it's a word I'm thinking of that I love. Um like a collage art. Collage art, yeah. yeah. It's like mixed media, yeah. Mixed media. media. Thank you. Thank you. That's the words I was looking for. So mixed media. I tend to respond to mixed media and I tend to respond to things that resemble photography because I really like photography, because I really like photography. Kathleen, I'm such a fan of her work already. Look, I, I I looked her up when we started speaking. Her your stuff looks like you're actually looking at a photo. Yes, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, and it's really cra- and crowds, which I know is kind yeah. of a specialty of yours. You know, she painted something um, of a march. She does like the lawn at PNC, the beach. Like you're just like, how is that not a picture? I don't understand. Like I don't understand. Like I literally am like, how is that not a picture? I'm like staring, awesome. and I'm like, also that's how I feel about Renee's. I'm like, how is that yeah. not a picture of a shell? It's like a real shell. Um, anyway. So how are you, who have you, anyone that you want to, or maybe you're not allowed, but anyone you want to talk about that we should direct our attention to for the New York gallery? Um, yeah, this, go ahead. Yeah, this opening show. So basically we really just want to get the doors open and we're doing an eclectic group show. So um, it's going to be, we have a few select detour artists we're bringing something new to the neighborhood i think some of it's pretty crazy and i think it's really going to make people like some people are going to hate it some people are going to love it some people are going i think it's really going to be things people have never seen before and we have our artists are you know we have four that are going to be there which is great because they'll be able to like you know represent their work and like be there to meet people um but we have James Andrew Brown, um, Ashley Sum- Sumner, Michael Labua, Michael Callis, um, Willie Tober, who does these incredible, he made this new piece that's going to knock people's socks off. It is very, you know, political and it like, I, I'm not an artist myself, so I'm just so awe inspired by, by art because I, it's just, I, I'm not an artist. So I'm just so, you know, just when I see people's work, I'm like, how do you do that? Because I, I don't have an ounce of that in me. You know, I'm creative in other ways. Um, I got the business end back, but mm-hmm. but the art, the art end, you know, it's just something that's so incredible. And like you guys, you know, you're so, you know, inspired by it when you see it. But we have these, um, and Samuel Weinberg, we have just a totally eclectic show. Um, and then there's a Michael Cowles behind me, so... Like this is super fun. And that, when that, I'm looking at that. Right. And that would be considered pop art, right? Yeah, like this is like super bright. Um, he does like aerosol cans with um, like stencils. Um, so we have a few, you know, pieces of his, and then you know, so it's gonna be a group show. And where then is this, where is the gallery? Where's the location? 
It's on 23rd between 10th and 11th. Oh my God. You can walk there. Cause yep. I, I know where you live. Yeah. Um, good for you. 2,700 square feet. I think the through line is that art is hope. Mm. Art is hope. Art is hope. And so what speaks to you is how you, where you see the hope in the world. And that's her show is, you know, that's those artists definition of hope and joy. Mm, it's true. I love that. Being able to showcase in. their hard work. Yeah. Well, in the interest of your time, Shane, I know you're busy. A um, couple other fast questions so that we can get these little sound bites and get in our dream catchery things that we like to ask. Do you have any advice for people that are struggling? I mean, obviously, I know you were gifted this opportunity to go into a family business, but, and I know that it's not lost on you that you were able to do that as you're very humbled by it. And so Marissa and I are as well. Um, what is your advice for people that are around your age, you know, newly ish out of school that are feeling the things that you were feeling? Like, you know, granted you had this opportunity to, to make change, but do you have any advice for people or anything that keeps you motivated or moving? I think something that my, my goal for, you know, 2023 was put yourself out of your comfort zone. Like I rarely, I don't get that scared of things. Like I, 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 I'm loud and wild and like, I'm, I make fun of myself and I embarrass myself and I just pick myself back up and like, whatever my friends think I'm insane sometimes, mm, but same. Same I, girl. yeah, like something my mom said to me last week that really stuck with me about this. Cause sometimes you just get in a whirlwind and, and you're in your own head and you're focused on what you're doing. And she said, Sheena, I'm so proud of you. This was a very bold move. Like you could have stayed in your job, you know, your nine to five, your corporate job, which was incredible. Like when I told people that I was working at time, they, they were like, that's so cool, which it was. And it was an incredible learning experience, but this doing this on my own, she said, you know, and I think, so that's kind of my theme right now. It's like, be bold. I'm not an artist. I don't know a lot about art, so I need to hire someone who who knows a lot, a lot about art soon. We but... hire anybody. We're good. We're yeah, ready we're, we're, ready, ready, we're ready to I help. We're ready to help. So okay. be bold. I would say be bold. Put yourself out of your comfort zone. Like this is my first stomach ache in a while, but sometimes when you're nervous, it's a good thing. Like it means you care. So you know, take the chance. I guess. Um, sure. Why not? Look at that young wisdom. <laughs> I'm like taking notes on Shana. I'm like, Shana's teaching me Young something. wisdom. I love it. Be bold. Put, take yourself out of your comfort zone. And, you know, the beauty of why we love these conversations and why we love the dream catchers and what it creates is, you know, our listeners can reach out to us. We could connect you to Shana or somebody like Shana or Kathleen that's feeling, if you're feeling these feelings of like, I work in corporate, but I really want to work in creative and I know a lot about art, like, you know, or whatever the case Or like Shana's dad who ran a company for 50 years and then took his money and his interest and put it toward his passion because he could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. just because people can doesn't mean they do. Correct. Right? right. So there's a difference there. And that's what that's what you're reacting to. You didn't have to do this. You wanted to. Yeah. And they and what I love, what we try to create, what we try to create with our platform is the word support. Right. So the reason why you feel good about being bold is because you're supported. Mm -hmm. People believe in you. People know that if you trip and fall, you're going to get right back up because you have that backbone and that strength and that and that and that threshold. Sometimes people don't have that and they still need to feel it. Right. So we're trying to create by speaking up and combining all of our voices and doing these episodes support if it is the intangible kind, mm -hmm. because sometimes you just need to know that you're not the only one that wants to do something. 
and wants to be bold and just needs that extra push to do it. So proud of you, Shana. You know what? While we still have you here and then I'll let you, we'll let you go and we'll, we'll chat with Kathleen. I want to just take two minutes to have Kathleen introduce herself and do her piece so that we can get the the perspective quickly of somebody that's the artist and somebody that's selling the art, just because I think that is such a different kind of perspective of the type of guests that we have. And then obviously we'd love to unpack more of Kathleen's story. And if you're able to stick around, Shana, obviously you're, you're more than welcome, but I know she mentioned that she was had a crazy day and was only able to join us for the beginning. So go ahead, Kathleen, little delayed, but go ahead. I'd love to hear from you and tell, tell us about yourself and your art. So I'm Kathleen Bosley, and I am an oil painter, and I paint crowds and really how people gather. So all of that started was I was doing a cross-country tour, and we were going to all the baseball games, and I realized I really don't like baseball, but I found, (laughs) (laughs) I started painting the crowd, and I was absolutely mesmerized by all the people there, and they were wearing colors, and it was like, oh my gosh, like they were identifying, it's almost the same thing of like what gangs do, is how you identify with your crowd, and you become a group in these groups, and then I started researching it, and the way that you leave a stadium is actually stadiums are designed like anthills and they walk they you exit in a line and you just naturally know how to do this and they design you to walk in a single file line just like mm-hmm. ants and i've been painting that for 20 years since wow it's just By the way, i did not know that also i am always because i'm super sensitive which we've talked about so many times in these podcasts when i leave a stadium i've never talked about this out loud i'm always aware of how we are like a mass yes. of people exiting. Yeah. And I always wonder if everyone else is thinking that or if it's just people like me. It's just us. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else has had too many beers. They don't care. No, I'm like, I've never highly, thought about how yeah, we're exiting. I'm, I'm like, constantly thinking about, about look at and all the, the people social we're just following yeah. the yeah. path <laughs> and that, you know, these people could probably cut you off in the parking lot and give you the yep. I know what. But right now, Yep, you're all cohesively working. You're all wearing the same outfit. Yeah. You're all in that same headspace. I see you. Yes. Okay, I'm, my inside matches that. I get that. Okay, so, and you've been doing that for 20 years. And where do you sell your work? So I'm in a gallery, the Painting Center in New York. So I sell through the Painting Center. Awesome. Yeah. Shana, are you familiar with the Painting Center? You got to go check it out. I got to go check it out. Where is that located, by the way? It is on 27th Street. Oh, on the yeah. west side? Yeah. Same hood. Yeah, same hood. I think we're going to have to take a tour of the of Chelsea. Marissa and I actually, when we first, I first moved into the city, lived right there with Marissa yeah. as her roommate. Slash, and when I say roommate, I mean I lived in her living room. We didn't have enough money to put the wall up. Yep. So we just had a bed in the living room and a, her bedroom. And, yep. it was, you know, that's yeah. what you do. Yeah. Um, that's incredible. And so while we still have Shayna, do, do you have any thoughts or or anything to add either of you actually to like to each other about this world. And, you know, to me, so to me as an outsider looking in, it's so inspiring to me that somebody like Kathleen who lives locally to us is making a living out of being an artist. And somebody like Shayna and her dad is making a living out of helping people be, you know, be an artist. Um, I got a good one. Yeah. Give Shayna a positive token of what your representation or your gallery has done or what they do on a day As she's day about that to, makes you feel yeah. special and seen so well, that she can remember. I would like to tell that. her what her gallery has done for me. There you go. Even so up. I think that her gallery or just being here in Red Bank to have that quality of work mm. and it's free. 
So anybody can go and see it. I mean, I brought the Boy Scouts to come see some of that work. And just to, that you have that quality of work and you can go and pick through and go through. And I mean, you can see Michelle Dolls. You can see just tremendous artists that are in major museum collections that are right here. And that your dad and you are making that available is just such a gift to the community. Mm. And I hope everybody locally takes advantage of it and goes. Um, Look at this, free advertising for Detour. I mean, no, but it's so true. I mean, I I think that um, a lot of people that don't necessarily know to do that or know that it's free or like knows what goes on there, that they can walk in and be welcomed and it's family run and it's local. it's just a really cool thing. You're hundred percent right. In fact, when Marissa and, and I, it's sexy, yeah, it is. And when Marissa mm. and I were first moving here, you know, as many people that moved to the suburbs feel as we heard the siren before and all three of us were like, that sounds like home is, you know, as like Shana, where she's now doing the reverse, you know, you grow up in the suburbs and then you move to the city and then back. There's something about the city that we all miss. Yeah. And the reason why we love Red Bank and we love this area is that there's, there's so much culture, so much, Mm-hmm. art, you know, BC and, and being able to see live music and live shows. I mean, we feel so fortunate to live in an area that has that, which is why that, we chose it. That to be is so vital. Yeah. We yeah. live in a vital area. Yeah. You know, there are lots of other places that are beautiful, but not vital. Yeah. And I don't take that for granted. And it's because of places like Detour that add and enrich and contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, we are Mama far from, museum yeah, we are Mama far from amazing. boring around here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shana, thank you for joining us. Enjoy you, this yeah. week and getting ready for your big opening. We're so excited for you. Oh, wait, Shana, yeah. any favorite brands or we like to do like these little brand crushes. I mean, obviously Detour is your number one right now, but any place around here locally that you miss or can't live without? Yeah. We love to tag places that just are like our guests favorite kind of crushes because I find that that inspires me. And we use that exercise, by the way, just to, to insert color with job seekers who are looking. It's like, what makes you tick? Like, what do you have a crush on? So like, you know, Kathleen may have said detour, you know, in, in another conversation, which she just kind of did. Is there anything, I mean, I, I, I think that there's so much to be said about having a crush on a local business, but if the, it doesn't have to be local, but anything that you just feel like is doing things really well right now, because we can tag and share. And if nothing else, it just shines light on some of these companies that are not necessarily mentioned today or any artists or other galleries or anything. I think the first thing that comes to mind, like, and I know this is an international franchise, but it's like um, locally owned. But when COVID ended, like, I, this is just something that sort of changed the course of my life and like my health. I was always very active as a kid. And I went to an F45 class after having not moved my body for literally two years. And they made me feel so welcome. I couldn't even do a, a push up. I was like, couldn't even like sit down after my first class. And I started going every single day. Um, Cause I knew when I started my corporate job that I'd be sitting every day for eight hours. So I said, is this going to be the rest of my life where I'm sitting and not moving my body. So I started going every single morning and now I have switched. There's not one near me. So I'm so sad, but so now I go to the Equinox every day, but, um, I'd say the F45 in Shrewsbury totally changed, changed my life, my health and like put me back on track. So I would give a shout out to them because if you're looking to kind of get back into, you know, moving your body, they, they, they were counts for something. Yeah, it's moving meditation, as we always talk about. Yeah, it's my therapy. Yes, it is. Like, it's my therapy, too. Well, way to go, Shana. Way to go, Shana. Way Shana to go, Joe. We're very, looking, very much looking forward to checking at, 
your new space and good luck to you. And what, I'm here for you when you figure out who you need or want to hire. You know, we're good like that. We can do yes. that. Yeah. Okay. I'll Thank see you, you so much. much. Oh, yeah. you guys are the best. I'll see you Thursday. She's going to pop by. Yeah. All right. Okay. Take care, Shayna. Bye. Bye-bye. I oh mean, how about that? So cool. How cool is that? So like cool. random so extra cool. moment this morning. Okay. Thanks for so, sharing your time with her. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, really so cool. back to you. Um, we'll go back to this conversation of what you wanted to be. Did you want to be an artist when you were little or? Always. 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 My mother said it was unbelievable. She gave me a box of crayons and she wouldn't see me for hours. Wow. Like as a, as a little toddler. So always. Wow. I love that. And you know what? Marissa and I have a theory about certain jobs and maybe we'll add artists to that theory. Um, we always say that the person who wanted to be a teacher tends to end up teaching. It's like a thing that we've learned as we've done this, or if they're not a teacher in a classroom, they're educating in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, myself included, I wanted to be a teacher for five, like five minutes in multiple different phases of my life. And although I'm not a teacher in that sense, I'm an educator. And I also, we teach a class at Brookdale and we teach every day and what we right. do. Um, but I think artists will have to add to that list, Marissa, of jobs that if you wanted to be an artist when you were little, you are probably at least doing it a little, even if so, it's on the side. That's so, what I get a lot of mm-hmm. women that are now, you know, maybe the kids left the house and they're looking for, for their yes. next. So yeah. I do think that, um, I think that art, music, and dance stay Mm -hmm. very close to people's hearts throughout their lives. So if they are not able to do that job professionally, they still incorporate that hobby so much so that it, it, it almost seeps into their world because people that are true art, musician, and dance humans can't function without those outlets being filled. It's almost as if they lack oxygen if they're not paying Mm -hmm. attention to them, which is different than having a passion or a hobby like a sport. You know, like I love tennis, but I didn't play it for 15 years and I didn't feel asphyxiated by it. I just missed it. It's it's a way of communicating. Yes, but art, music, and dance are an extension of the soul. Yeah. And when when it is ignored, it is incomplete issue for a person. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm sure that there's probably some social study on whether or not it's because we're exposed to those things growing up in elementary. Um, I think society shifted a lot when those things became less accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I think, I think as somebody that grew up as a dancer, I didn't become a dancer. I was very, very close to wanting to do that. Um, And as a child of an entrepreneur and in the staffing business, it's not that my dad ever squished my dreams. In fact, he was always kind of one to tell me to chase them. You know, it was just, you have to get an education. And with that education, you know, if you still decide you want to be a professional dancer, you can do that. And what happened is when I went to college, I discovered communication and writing and things that I wanted to be doing. And I just always danced on the side and choreographed on the side. And I've always found it in, in places of my life. Um, I also think what's interesting about dance and music versus art maybe too is, I don't know how you feel about it, you know, and I, I, I can't imagine that it's not as- or writing, I should or, say. It's, Sorry to the writers, I forgot to include you. Well, com- it's so competitive dance, right? And it's so phys- it's so based on your physical appearance. And for a variety of reasons, that was never 
something that I wanted to rely on completely. So do you feel like the art world is very competitive that way too, in that it's very hard to earn a living making art? Or how do you feel that that has, you know, because to to just give you a, a quick overview of dance, for me, if you're like ultimate dream, if you're a dancer, the ultimate, like you've made it, is still you're in the background. Right, right. Well, so like I was like, if you're a Broadway dancer, you're and you're living your dream, like our friend Kara, who's local, who's now living her dream and dancing in Moulin Rouge, you're still in the background. You're not right. the star, right? Now that's still the dream, but you're still kind of, it's a, it's a true hustle and you're not necessarily making a true living doing that unless you become one of the like 10 choreographers that do- Or a producer. Or producers. It's such a small way to make a, it's, it, there's no, whereas- you know, even the, the singers, you know, that some some people just get to that background singers. Right. Right. So how do you feel about that as how it relates to being an artist? So I think there is that in the art world. And I think our culture definitely has a definition of what art is and the role of culture. That's a, a different discussion. Yeah, but I do think that there is within that there are different ways of being an artist and there are different definitions. I mean, there are people that make house portraits. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. And then there are people who are, you know, not everybody is going to be Jeff Croons. Mm -hmm. There can only be one or two of those people in a generation. So I think it's really understanding and being authentic and knowing what you love and what art means to you. Yeah. And if you're knowing what art means to you, if making a painting for someone's living room and dining room, that and that's wonderful. Like I love painting groups. And one of my last commissions, I was doing someone, I worked with the woman for about six months. I'm like, I paint groups, like I, I paint gatherings. What's a gathering that means something to, to you? you? And so it was a family reunion. And so we flew out, flew out to California and I get the whole family reunion and you can capture that moment and that love. And that's what art is to me. And that's what's communicating. So I think it's getting people to understand that they can shift their definition of what art means. Yeah, I love that. If they can really be true and honest to what art means to them and what their hope and their role is. I mean, I'm spreading my love to them. And that's what art is. It's that hope. And anytime they look at that painting, they have that connection. Mm -hmm. And that I can be a little part of that is just... Can you tell us how you started selling your work? Like, Give us a little... um, Typically, we would talk now about... When you went to college, did you go to school for art? Did you intern? Like, this is a little bit of a different conversation because you have been doing it and you've always wanted to do it. But give us a quick rundown of how this started yeah. for you. So I um, I want to give a shout out to the library. My parents were not museum people. I never went to the museums. But one of my first jobs was at the Monmouth County Library. And if you work at the library, I don't know if I should be saying this, but you're allowed to bring the reference books home. So I would sit <laughs> there and like, be like, Oh my gosh, like it was a gift into like this whole world of all these art books. And I would bring, I brought them all back, but I could (laughs) sit there for hours and just looking at like a Mary Cassatt book. And it was like this whole wide world opened up to me. Mm. So support your libraries. Yeah. Um, So I went from there, but to get into business, I was like, this is what I want to do. And then when I was in college, I went and I saw the first museum show with Lucian Freud. And it was like, oh my God, that's it. Like, this is what it is. That's what it is. That's it. That's paint. That's painting. Like, this is the world. Like, that's it. Nope, nothing else. Yeah. So when I graduated, I knew I had to make money. Where did you go? I went to Syracuse. Oh, so I took enough classes in surface pattern design that I ended up um, going into surface pattern design. For anybody that's listening. Um, and I didn't want to go. I wanted to 
art school that had a liberal arts component. Yeah. I actually went in as a math major and an art major. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, two so, sides of that brain. My husband, my husband went to Newhouse. Okay, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So um, so when so I got a job as doing service pattern design. I worked for Casper and Ann Klein. Yeah. And then I got picked up by a gallery, and my work was selling. And then I had kids. And it was such a sad day when the gallery sent all my paintings home that didn't sell. And I shifted and I just was like, okay, my kids come first and this is what it is. And I started joining like local plein air groups. I didn't have a lot of time for me, for my practice and the work that I make, I need a long segment of time and I just have to get into the flow and really focus. And with little kids, I didn't have that. So I just started plein air painting and I did that for- What's that exactly? Going out and painting in the outdoors. Oh, like plain air. Got it. So uh, like, like sitting out in the and open doing air. it. Yeah. Yep. So like you got to get a painting started and stopped in two hours because the light is gone, the shadows are gone. And yeah. So in terms of my skill set. But that taught you how for, to do it quicker. Oh, my God. For yeah. t- I be, Like when I finally when the kids were in high school and I was able to focus, my skill set just went zhunk. So within that whole time, for those 10 years, I was really working on the business side because I was still selling and like people be like, oh, I want a home portrait. I want portraits of my kids. I want this. I want that. So I'm like, OK, here you go. So I got that was my business experience where it was I learned all those lessons there. I'm like, OK, this is my commissions contract. This is how this works. This is how this. Works. So my, you taught yourself a little yeah. bit. So I just wanna, yeah. I want to stop for a minute because Kathleen, the other Kathleen, because we were going to have a Kathleen sandwich today. Called this morning and yeah. she had a, a a life moment. Yes, and couldn't be here. Mm. And while she was upset about that life moment, I put a pause on it and said, "Okay, this is it it's just a podcast. Yeah. Like, sorry guys, I mean, that's all it is. <laughs> um, I love it, but like, it's not a big deal, right? Yeah, we'll do something else another time." And she had mentioned that she's like, you know, life has just been very crazy lately, and uh, you know, I don't want to speak for her, but you know, she wasn't sure when she would be able to, to recommit. And I wanted to take a second and say, like, look at how elegantly you just said, okay, so for the 10 years, okay, to someone like Shayna, that would like power her down completely. Right. But like, depending on where we are in our lives, but for the 10 years in which you were raising your kids, you had to breathe in and breathe out that the way you loved to do your work could not be because you didn't have the time to give it. Right. And that was okay. Yep. And by the way, that is so phenomenally profound because mm-hmm. your art and being you knew you had the boundary. You couldn't do it that way. So you had to come up with a different way where most of us parenting are struggling, trying to figure out how to reconcile being us and being there for them and all of the things that come in between. I'm jealous of yeah. your boundary. Right. Okay. <laughs> I also admire that instead of making your boundary feel like a noose, you redefined it to something different mm-hmm. and then yeah. came back to it. Yeah. It so was a skill. It, it was a 10 you, years of just skills. You were able to zoom in and say, I'm going to do it this way until I can't. Yep. Or yep. until I can do it the other way again. Yep. And it's funny because I, I came to art um, when I was very young. And I don't call myself an artist by any means, but I did have a side business for a long time that was art driven. Um, and, and my life right now does not permit me to do art projects, but it was something I, I really truly love to do. And my mother is an artist and it was incorporated in her life. And I think 
you know, I think that's why I respond so well when I see people mm-hmm. that create art because I really love it. That value system yes. was instilled. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and, but what I wanted to say about your professional experiences to all of my fellow parents out there and not even parents, screw that. Anybody that is in a moment where that moment is not suiting you to be able to focus on your professional life the way that it had, whether you're grieving, you're experiencing life's moments and your professional life has to pause, change, turn, grieving, kids, any major move, life change where you have a to big shift, move, which I think a lot of people can yes. relate to when you move to the suburbs and you're like, what am I doing? Am I going to continue to shift your quadrants? to focus on another piece of your life that may or may not be more important. It's okay. Not only, right? it, not only is it not okay, it makes you better. Mm-hmm. It teaches you lessons and it enriches you. It gives you a whole new perspective take that you didn't have before. Patience, appreciation, yeah. Yeah. ability to pause. I mean, think about these words. They're yeah. so hard for so many of us, me included. Yep. Like if I don't feel motivated, I feel, you know, I'm either motivated or I can't do anything. Yeah. Right. And and I think that probably we all agree on that. But being able to say like, okay, this is what I do. This is what I love to do. I can't do it this way. So I'm going to do it a different way until I can go back to doing it this way. Yep. Amazing. Um, Or, you know, listen, I think what's really inspiring about this conversation, too, is that if you can't do this for a living, okay, you're not Shana and your dad owns this incredible space and he's allowing you to help him open a second. If you're not Kathleen and you've been doing this 20 years and you've figured out a way to earn a living doing it and you just love it, like I told Kathleen this when we first spoke, there's several people locally um, that just started doing this like on the side. My my friend Liz Gluck, who I, I'm going to shout out, who I met through the PTA in Fairhaven. And I like Renee, where I was like, you're so talented. She was painting on postcards mm-hmm. um, and doing these little, I don't know if it's painter sketch that she does, um, photos of, of people's homes, which I, I love. You called that out before, right? Yeah, well, there are so many different ways like, to be an artist and to be creative. Yeah. And I think that it's it's teaching that, that there's a different, there is space for everyone to be themselves yeah. and to share their love. And if you're being authentic and making something that you love, there's an audience there. Like people like to make it really simple. Everyone has a different personality and everybody has friends. You're not friends with everybody and that's okay. And that's what making your own art is. It's not going to be for everyone, but you're going to find your people. So I think it's interesting. We're sitting here having this conversation when three of us are sitting at this table, tablecloth with our backdrop. And what you guys can't see around us is we're actually in a very miniature museum mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of, of Ming and his collaborators and their version of art. There's not one thing in this room that's not decorated. There's 17,000 magnets on the fridge. There's all different branding. There's different props and pieces and photography and art installations and light. And I mean, if you really take a second, we take for granted that we're always in here. But for a pop culture enthusiast, where we are is a slice of their heaven. 
Mm-hmm. Right. I was telling this when we were offline and I tell this story a lot on air, but I'll say again, the first time we came to a shared universe, they were in a different space, which was even more had like literally floor to ceiling. Now they have a second location in Bellworks. So a lot of their stuff has moved. Um, and I'm in here and my husband is actually a huge fan of this type of work. It's pop culture art. It's um, like there's a Golden Girls skateboard. There's, over there. an, exa- yeah. there's an example, something I can grab that I won't mess up. Oh, you're messing it up. There goes a hat. There's so a, like, a wall okay, so hat. These, for those that don't know what these are, this is called a pop, which is a collectible um, that they sell actually all over Red Bank. But there's a store now that's lo- that's located across the street from here um, that sells just these. Um, and also Secret Stash down the street, which is Kevin Smith's store, who is a good friend of Ming, who is one of the reasons my husband knows who he is. This is a perfect example of art. Okay, these are licensed... Yeah kind of pop figures of people and characters and you could literally you name it you can get it in this like form every single my husband professional, has one of biggie every single prof- oh, is that what you were talking yeah. about the other day when <laughs> yeah, he biggie. he's a biggie yeah um so th- and this one's signed so i promise to put it back ming um he loves me that's and that's mike his partner here at shared universe and secret stash and all the things um so anyway my point to to marissa's point is that this was like i was like i I called my husband after i'm like i feel like i'm in a place that you would really like i'm like i'm not sure what's happening here and he's like you're at ming chen studio like fully knew who ming is he's famous in his world of comics and um was on a show called comic men which was very famous a few years back on amc and he has all these amazing signed things around this room you'll have to come record a podcast and check it all out. But like the whole cast of Stranger Things down there and what else is in this room that's signed? I don't even know. It's crazy. Yeah, but Marissa, you're 100% right. Say anything. This, this is all Movie art. posters. It's all art. Yeah. Um, anyway, so tell us. You know, the art world used to be like that where there were only, I mean, back in the day when I was growing up, there were maybe like five salons and it was this, this gallery shows this type of work, this shows this type of work. And now it's totally different. Yeah, like what Shana was saying, she has like all different artists doing all different things, showing their work in this space. Um, Well, even like when when I was, I took French in high school and um, all through elementary school and high school. And obviously that was the foundation of some of the art that I appreciated because that's what we were exposed to. And I remember going to Paris and going to um, the, the Louvre, because you know, you're supposed that's to, that's what you do. And <laughs> I remember being like, seeing the, where's Mona the Lisa Mona Lisa yeah. and she was like the size of this microphone. And I was really thrown off. I feel like everyone says that, right. But you, you see her and she's like, not much, like, right. She's like eight by 10. Not right, really. But that right, was right. traditional. Right? right. And then I went to Musée d'Orsay, which was impressionism, which was always my favorite love, which I'm yeah. sure you can appreciate too. That. Cause that would be yeah. like clouds, but clouds. like dots. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, you know, I went to Musée d'Orsay and came out with like, I don't know, some print right. that I bought with like my money and framed and put in my dorm room. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was literally that it was modern. It was traditional. It was impressionism. Mm-hmm. It was Renaissance, which oh, yeah. I guess was impressionism. And then we were kind of like done. And then maybe when we were young, um, who am I thinking of that started with the, um, I am really lost today. He started with the spray painting and became uh, very. Basquette? No, I'm thinking of the. Keith Haring? Keith Haring. 
like crack is whack and all the things that he did for New York. Right. Um, and the and the and the signs on the side of the road yep. and taking graffiti art and making it mainstream. Yep. And I think back from art standpoint, when that became more mainstream mm-hmm. is when we started to see galleries shift mm-hmm. to having other things in them other than what we originally thought of as art. Yeah. Yep. So tell us about your gallery. Um, so I'm going to, this is a non-for-profit, it's 40 year anniversary now. Um, oh. And yeah, I, it's a pretty cool space. Um, we do a lot of nice shows. Uh, we're known for what did you say it was called again? The Painting Center. Painting Center. So because it's also artists, Chelsea. Yeah, it's artist run. It's nonprofit. That you give classes there? No, but we kind of can do whatever we want, so we don't have to subscribe to any sort of art Tradition. world. In fact, we were talking yeah. about how we could maybe have a talk or help some of her fellow artists that are struggling with the business piece, because I think what you were talking about earlier is that you've had the luxury, if you will, of time to when your kids were little to f- teach yourself a lot of the business yes, side of art. Yes. And that is, I think what you were saying earlier is a you challenge. Have to want to. You'd have to want to. Yeah. Yes. But yes. I think as you know, if you have an innate desire to make a living out of selling your art, you have to figure out that you business do have side. To, and it is a business and yeah. you have to run it like a business and you have to, you know, do your quarterly taxes and save all your receipts. And it is a small business. You yeah. have to run it like a business. It sounds so, like that's a whole other conversation that we could maybe unpack with you about how you could give some of that knowledge that to some other artists yeah. that you've that you've learned along the way. So yeah. what keeps you inspired? I know you've mentioned some some artists that you love or what keeps you going every day? Is it obviously you're a creative. So the art itself is goes without saying. But do you have um, a mantra or a like I think. Shana said a couple of things that I resonated with me, like be bold, put yourself out of your comfort zone. What keeps you going every day? If it, if it's another artist that you follow along with that you just inspires you, or is it, is it things that you say to yourself? Is it your customer base? Is it the art itself? Like what, what keeps you inspired to keep going and doing this? So my perspective on art as a passion and as a business is that creativity is almost a question. Yep. And you're constantly asking that question and you're constantly looking for that answer and exploring where that goes. And if I'm true and honest with that, searching for that and looking, answering that question, that's my journey. And that's the passion is that question. And everything else is kind of the paintings are a byproduct of that experience. And the sales are a byproduct of that experience. Mm. So it all comes to really my passion for trying to figure something out and exploring this thing and trying the next painting is always better. Like, you know, it's that next. Okay, I didn't get in that one. I'm going to get it in this one. I'm going to get and you're just always pushing for that next thing. That's incredible. It really is amazing. Um, Creativity is a question. Yeah. I love that. Um, now, do you have any, we talked about this a little bit with Shana. Do you have any advice? By the way, I just have to say, when I was marketing this episode, I found the best quote. And I it literally only Googled for like a second, but I loved it, which was from Picasso. And it was, every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when yes, you grow up. It absolutely and is. And I, I always think, talk about that spirituality. I mean, yeah. that is how profound is that from Picasso, right? So I think Mm -hmm. what you've been able to do and what we're talking about today is to continue that curiosity that you found when you were a little girl with a box of crayons and left your mom alone 
if my kids are listening ever, can you do that? Um, <laughs> but, you know, do you, have Zero adv- shot. do you have advice for people out there that maybe are feeling like they want to try to sell their first piece that they've been doing? You know, they're working a corporate job, but they've been fiddling. Like, this is what I would have loved to have asked Renee today if she were here, too. It's like, what made you decide to be like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try. Um, any advice for you on how you did it or how you think in this day and age people should do it? Is it Instagram? Is it a website? How are, what advice do you have to people that are maybe thinking about doing this? I think this would be um, a good question for, um, detour. But the the interesting thing is that the gallery model is shifting. It's social media has really changed everything. what that's doing. Yes, you know, like the, ga- yep. so the ga- old model was that you would get, leave school, you'd get in a gallery, the gallery represents you. They do all your marketing. And because of that, they're taking a large com- commission. They're from taking everybody. a piece of the they're work that you're, piece of that you're selling. Got it. That's changing. Um, and the piece that the galleries are take are smaller. People are selling off of Instagram. Now there are certain price points for different platforms. I think for um, people that today are trying to start out, it's one, they have to have the skills. If you don't have your skills and you have to know who, really, you, are. who you are and what you want to market. I see a lot of artists that are rushing it. Hmm. Um, you need a body of work before you do anything. So they're going to maybe the gallery with like three pieces. And it's like, no, you need to have body of work. You need to know who you are. And then that's okay. Then and go from there. And it doesn't have to be through a gallery. If your stuff is making it, it's about connecting to other people and being who you are. So if it's about going to that birthday party and making that family happy, own that and do that. If it's about being an event painter and painting at weddings, own that and do that. Mm -hmm. And it's all valid and it's all okay. And there's enough room for everyone. And if that's what you love and your passion, that's valid. And it makes sense. You know, and I think a big piece of that, not to interrupt you, is to talk about it. You know, like I was saying earlier, one of the trends I've seen, at least with the people that I've met that are artists, I had no idea they were artists. Right. Talk about it. Like you're so talented. Now, granted, I realize, by the way, that is part of the journey. If you're not ready to tell, you know, the the person at soccer that, by the way, I'm this incredibly talented artist, like FYI, right. um, I'm like, what's happening? Um, but I think that that's a piece of the journey yes. is is you owning who you are, there. putting yourself out there, whether it's you post it on your, your personal page. You know, this is just coming from my own personal, you know, experience of Marissa and I discovering who we are as we've gotten older in our careers and talking about it and talking about who we are, what we're good at, what we can do to help you. And whether that's creating a brand around it, like we've done with the Dreamcatchers, or it's just a matter of telling your own personal friendships, by the way, I can make you something if you're interested and just starting that small scale, but to, to own it and be okay with, like you said, being in these uh, Well, I think what you're sharing, I think your words are, for lack of a better way of putting it, um, a bathrobe for maybe somebody that came up from traditional art school, right? So if you went to art school or you majored in art, you may have been programmed that success was defined by a certain process mm-hmm. that if you find your art leads you to a different process, you need to be able to reconcile owning where your art has taken you versus yep. where your art didn't take you. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think you're saying that in a really beautiful way, you know, if you are an event artist, own it, 
like the woman who designed when I wrote a couple of children's books years ago and my main characters were illustrated by an incredible event artist. Right. Um, Brooke Hagel. And this is a woman that can go into a party and she could sketch us right now. Right. With the way we look and create every single moment in that we've experienced in a piece, one piece in that moment. Right. And of course, hers were more about the fashion. So it would be about your pink sweater right. and it would be about the shoulder pad like in my jacket. You know, she just was able to do that. And, you know, I think what you're saying is really true. Like, know who you are. Yep. Yes. And be okay with who you are, which, by the way. It's probably a solid lesson for everyone. Well, I think that's why I love you ladies, because that's what you teach. Mm, I mean, you true. teach just knowing who you are and, and sending that. And if you're confident in who you are, that energy goes in the world and you're going to connect with the right people. You're right. You're right. That is who we are. That is who we are. And Thank really you, Kathleen. Identifying your... <laughs> Yes, thank you. And really, actually, that's what we do. That is what we do. Oops. And really identifying what your superpowers are and what you bring to the world and how you can make a career out of that. Yeah. Or bring that to your career. It's one or the other. But it's lately, especially post COVID, it's figuring out who you are on the inside. What is, we always say this to people who are you and your group of friends? What makes you excited to get up every day? Um, you know, for Shana, even if, if she had not tripped into what she's doing, what she just shared about her health journey, I would have probably maybe have said to her, maybe it's something to consider to think about working in the health and wellness space, because that's something you're super passionate about. Right. So if Marissa and I's favorite quote is, if you can't find the dream job, find the dream in the job. And that is bringing your authentic self to work figuring out who you are as a human and how you can bring that to your day job and or create a living out of it. So that being said, do you think that you have a superpower? Do you believe, I believe everyone has one, but I think that- Kathleen is the bathroom that everyone needs in the yeah, world. Yeah. Who but, would you say you are in like your group of friends? Like what is your role in life? Like what is it that you bring to social and professional situations that maybe the person next to you can't bring? Not to put you on the spot. Um. Besides making things beautiful so or creating believe, a crowd or I painting a crowd. everybody, people need other people. Yeah. Humans were not meant to be alone. And we were meant to live together and work together and find community. And I think... And then paint it. <laughs> <laughs> so I paint it, but I usually my role ends up being... I'm like the second in command. Mm. Um, I don't like to be the leader, but I like to be the one behind actually doing the work to make sure that everyone is actually really coming together and enjoying each other and having a great time. Sounds I mean, like that's me. my role in Boy Scouts. That's my role in, you know, and even in the gallery. That's what I like to do. I want to bring everybody together and be a real team and work mm. together because together we can do more. And I know it's corny as it sounds, but it's really true. You Pisces also? I'm a Virgo. I was not going to say you're a Virgo. That was my first guess, everyone. It's annoying. Um, Together we can do more. I've your, The PTA uses that and Junior League. I love that. September 5th. You're September. We can, I mean, together we can do more. September. September. Together we can do more is um, the Fairhaven PTA's um, tagline as well as Junior League of Monmouth County. And I just love that saying in general. I've heard it a bunch of times in the last couple of months. And it's so true. It is. You know, I think... The more you can lean on others. If you're listening and you're like, Kathleen's inspiring to me, reach out. And if you don't want to reach out to Kathleen directly, reach out to us. We'll connect you to Kathleen. That's what we love 
to do is is bringing, and that's what the Dreamcatchers started as and now has become. Everyone that's been a guest on the podcast, everyone we work with as a as a dream seeker, a dream partner, becomes part of our what we call our web, right? So if you're part of our web, we can help you in some way, and or somebody in the web can help you in some way. So um, we're just so happy that you were here today. And I want to I want to wrap with your crush. We talked to Shane a little bit about her F forty five crush, which Marissa and I actually really enjoyed that workout when we went before COVID. Remember that mm-hmm. we did that. Um, so when do you have any crush? That, yeah, that women women lead by joining together and lifting each other up. I agree, and I love that that's what you're doing, Aww. and I love that that's your mission. Thank you. Um, thank you. So thank you for welcoming me and letting me be a part of that. Um, I feel the love and especially sitting between sisters. It's like, it's an even special love that is coming my way. Um, but oh my God, my crush. Um, it's going to go to food because I love food, but it's yeah. the whistling onion. I'm obsessed. Oh, I love right. the whistling onion. That's a good one. I don't think anyone's ever said that one. That's a good, we'll, oh, we'll share and tag. crush is um, Judy Tavel for a local artist. I really love Judy. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to write those down. How often are you in the city? Um, I go in minimum of once a month. I try to go in like two solid days. I mean, my job, I'm a professional artist. So my job is to go in. I need to know what shows are around. Um, I hit have to be at my gallery's opening. So I'm there minimum, minimum of I two love days. That. So. that keeps you feel fresh, right? Yeah. It keeps you on the, it keeps you connected to the world. Yeah. Yes. And you need to know what's out there. I, I think the other thing about art is that it's a constant dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the cool, I, I'll dork out about art, but art is, it's amazing. When you make a mark on there, you're within, it's a visual language and it's, a, you're having a conversation with artists that were their generations before you, mm. you know, and most people that are working in museums or um, galleries, they all have the couple of degrees in art history. So they know this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're making it, you're having this massive conversation, whether or not you know it with all these other people, people that have communicated like that before. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, in one, it's image, a community. Yeah. And you can communicate and within 30 seconds, an image is communicating and it can be complex and conflicting emotions that language can't do written language. You teach it all. I do. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. So you need to get that. I mean, it's just such a powerful communication. So I need to know who else is out there, what they're saying. Are they speaking my language? And I can tell, I have had just looked at a painting like, oh, my God, he, they're speaking my language. Mm. I reach out to the artist and we're like, like soulmates. Yeah. And I've had these just tremendously deep relationships with people and I've never met them. Right, but and, you can, can you can meet them in a different way. Yeah, but we that. talk online just because our artwork is so so similar. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And you, see, and by the way, not afraid, not to, afraid to share your similarity. Yeah, not afraid to reach out. Well, I that's love that. Just being comfortable with who you are. So you have how many kids? Do you have I have three. Okay, uh, boys, two boys and a girl. Two boys and a girl. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm psychic on the side. So, um, <laughs> anyone with art though? So One. they. Think like artists. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think really art is just like I said, it's creativity is asking a question. Yeah. And even when I go into the meetings with school, they're they're all creative problem solvers. They think outside the box. Right. Um, and I tell them that I'm like, well, sorry, you know, I don't fit in, so you're not gonna fit in. Right. Like, just welcome to <laughs> they've yeah. learned that really early. Yeah. And Same. um 
and and they know they've all embraced that they are. I've decided I think most of us fit out. Yes. Mm. I don't really know who fits in. No, but I think it's the sooner you embrace that. But you did say before that you had an interest in math, which is an anomaly for an artist. Well, I was going to go into like engineering or architecture. Yeah, there's there are certain brain types that 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 can have a little. I have a link. I have that link. My husband has one of them. I have have that as well. Okay. So to wrap, tell us anything else that you want to, I wouldn't, I hate to use the word plug, but plug about your work, about your upcoming stuff, anything that you have going on, how Um, we can reach you. So I'm currently in um, the Noise Museum down in Atlantic City okay. uh, for the New Jersey State Annual Show. I have two paintings at the Pedo Museum in Island Heights, which is just a gem of I a museum. I just read about this. You, you need to go see it. The Wait, house, I just read about this. The house Where has is been it? In the, it's in Island Heights. It's been in the family for three generations. And then it got sponsored. So it's, I mean... It's I literally just read about preserved. this like yesterday. It's, it's they have the wire, you know, all the electric wire is yeah, yeah, period. Yeah. So it's amazing to see his studio. It's a fantastic museum. They do three shows a year. It's just a wonderful program. The director Harry Bauer is just has a phenomenal eye. Um, he has some great shows lined up. Mario Robinson is going to have a solo show. The next, um, he's the third one this year. The middle show is Water. Love that place. Mammoth Museum is phenomenal. They're local. Um, we just have a lovely, thriving art community here that people should tap into. So, yeah. And where do you teach? Out of my studio in Fairhaven. So I have private students. I have some that zoom in. I have some from um, California that are taking lessons from me. It, like It's finding that connection. Mm-hmm. And you enjoy that and balance I that in the mix. absolutely love it. I think it. in order to teach something, you need to know it well enough. Mm. So it's a nice, I love art. There's a lot of good art um, beginning, a lot of good art exposure. I know my daughter was at Canvas when she first, Yeah, you know, and I think what happens, unfortunately, is these kids' schedule doesn't allow for art the way that it should be, Mm. unless it's your number one calling. We, I always made family dinners were the priority in our house. I didn't care what sport event it was. You weren't doing it if you were going to miss family dinner. Fair. So that was our that was our value system and maybe meant that they weren't on travel teams, but that didn't. That's OK. Mm. It's true. It's uh, very true. I love how, that. That's how we did it. And there's time for everything. Give them a box. Let them play. Creativity comes out of boredom. And if your kids aren't bored, they're not going to hold up a paper and go, oh, this could be that. So I think boredom is underrated. Mm. I need to go on vacation with you. Yeah. Also, I want to ask a question that I've been wanting to ask this whole time. Tell me your last name one more time. Beausoleil. So you guys were French? Um, so I'm half French-Canadian. Uh, my husband's family, I think it's a created name. Interesting. I was going to say it feels created. Yes. So Beausoleil is But there beautiful is a town in France. Yes. And it's a brand of oysters and a Cajun band and a really expensive sunglasses company. I'll take all of those. (laughs) Oysters and sunglasses sunglasses with Kathleen. (laughs) Well, I thank you so much for being here today, Kathleen. I wanted to take a moment to thank again our dream partner that put this on today. um, Our dear, dear friends at Salon 685 who are responsible for our hair color and cuts. Um, But also our partners in our annual breast cancer events. Yes. And they are uh, two women business partners. They're located right on Broad Street down the street from here in Shrewsbury. And they're doing a customer appreciation event on May 12th 
take a look at that. If you're a customer of 685, check them out. They're going to be offering all sorts of cool things. And we're just so happy to have them in our orbit too, because they support us so much. They were our first, one of our first kind of girls here in when we moved here because Marissa was looking for a colorist yep. and then they became good friends. I'm very particular about And they're blonde. huge supporters of the Dreamcatcher. So thank you to them for helping us put this together today. And thank you to Connor and Ming at Shared Universe for helping us with our sound. Thank you to Kathleen and our other Kathleen who couldn't make it here live, but we were able to touch on her work. Um, and also Shana for joining us, Renee, who was supposed to be here today, but is packing a truck for Man- Nantucket and all the other amazing artists that we weren't able to have on air, but that we will tag and share. Um, and we're looking forward to staying together. We can with- do more. Yeah, together we can do more. And thank you for joining us today, everybody. We'll see you soon. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out, www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light.